When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers Eleven. Hope you're all safe. Well, if you're channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon. Yada yada yada. You know what I mean. Um, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Uh, today is the first, the first time I think I've done a Hammers Eleven with a jumper on. I'm so cold. So apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't turn my garage heating on this morning too late, so it's so it's taking its time to warm up. But anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter because the the conversation is going to be going to be heated, and so we're all going to warm up anyway. So it's okay. Um, today's guest um, is Ian, but you might know him more as his pseudonym Hammers Poles. How are you doing? Oh. How are you doing, man? All good, all good. Like you say, it's freezing out there, but uh, yeah, keep it nice and warm indoors today. Yeah, exactly. No, I am doing no trips outside at all today. I've got my, I've got my, I've got my Uggs on. <laughs> That's how cold it. My mugs, my male Uggs, I call them. My mugs on. That's how cold I am. You know, and I'm in, I'm in Essex, so I'm allowed to wear them. You know, they, they distribute. You're up the road as well, aren't you? You're in Hornchurch or something. I certainly yeah. am. Certainly yeah. am. Where are you based in? I'm in Romford, Rush Green. Oh, Rush Green, yeah. not too bad. Yeah, that's very, very close. Um, you could probably see my house because it's the one, if you'd opened the door and it's like, you know, like in the Northern Lights where you see like the lights, that's like my house because there's so many bloody Christmas lights outside of my, my front door that you can see it from a mile away, my house. It's really funny. Um, but <laughs> how are you, man? How are you in this weird time we live in now? Yeah, it's been good. Well, it's good to be with the family and that. Uh, yeah. It's been a tough time personally. Uh, lost. I'm now into my third job in the last six months. So, yeah, it's been tough times. But, yeah, it's football's back and, uh, you know, yeah. keeping up with the football. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things, wasn't it? When, it? when we had that time where there was no football at all um, and it was really, really dark. And then as soon as the football came back, I went, Hey, you know, it was, it was for the nation. It was quite good. And I think also on Saturday, you know, we, we got quite a lot of coverage, didn't we, from the, on the news and stuff about obviously London stadium being the first to welcome fans back in. Yeah, and it absolutely. seemed like it was, you know, a, another step in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? I loved it. I loved it. I found it a little bit emotional, actually, I'll be honest, because like, you know, for the best part of 15 games, best part of sort of half a season, really, or a whole season, in essence, really, across the two across the two seasons we've had um, recently, there's been no fans. And so, you know, there was no response. You know, you play bubbles and there was nothing. And, you know, they were singing back and it was like, oh, my God, and it was only like a small amount. But because it was so quiet anyway, yeah. they amplified even more. And... You know, something which I don't think anyone picked up. I think it's the first time ever that we've walked off a pitch in recent history. We've walked off the pitch having lost the game, and the fans were chip were singing bubbles at the end, nice. uh, which was lovely. And the fact that the players went over and you know capped them and stuff like that. But it was really, really nice. And it's a start, isn't it? It's a start. Yeah, and exactly, it's getting back um, to normality. 
yeah yeah and i think it you know in some respects i'd rather i'd rather it not necessarily be all about the premiership you know i think it's all about you know it's better for the you know the audience of this world and, and the dagman red bridges of this world to get 2000 fans in or up to 2000 fans in and the west end ladies as well and stuff like that um but mm. like i do say it's probably costs more for premier league clubs to have those 2000 fans in and not have those fans and it's true there was a lot more staff there's a lot more catering and and yeah. stewards and stuff but fuck it in it there's nothing we can do about it i think we just got to start moving forward with it so okay, well, yeah. now the vaccine's here obviously hopefully it's all going to be hopefully. pushing forward a lot more now yeah, hopefully. Yeah, the first ones were this morning, weren't it? Delivered this morning on on live on Good Morning Britain. <laughs> Exclusive from <laughs> Exclusive, you know, injection. That's probably a first. They've had a uh, an exclusive injection, but um, no, yeah, it's all good. And then, and that'll be a quiz night question, won't it? Because it was delivered to a William Shakespeare in Warwickshire. Yeah, in Warwickshire. So that's going to be like a quiz question, a bit like when the first ever test tube baby was, um, yeah. and who it was. It's going to be one of those ones you need to remember from going yeah, forward. Where was you? <laughs> yeah, where was you? Who was the first person, and what what connects him with the the, the playwright from from Stratford upon Avon? Yeah, but. Um, no, it's good. It's good. It's a start, man, isn't it? It's a start. So, um, yeah. and, and, you know, regardless of what happened on Saturday, that, that 15-minute blip, you know, apart from that and the Newcastle game, the boys are doing all right. And we're seventh. Oh, Take that. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. I mean, challenging Spurs almost. Like, happy days. Yeah. It's like we are the, you know, after, you know, we're no longer the the one that's at the, you know, the London club at the bottom of the table. It's Arsenal at the moment. Right? Oh, no, it's Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, How amazing yeah. is that? It's brilliant, isn't it? It's so funny. It's yeah. so good just because just in terms of entertainment value and Arsenal fan TV, that's why I just enjoy it because they're yeah. kind of absolutely apoplectic <laughs> at the moment. It's like, you don't know how lucky you are. You don't know how lucky you've been. Yeah, you've had a bad season. 16th, we'd have taken 16th every season in the last three or four seasons at the moment. But uh, yeah. it'll be yeah. strange to see if we kind of, you know, we don't, don't want to keep losing, but you know, are they going to, someone's going to bound to say it at some point, let's, you know, take the fans out again. <laughs> we seem to do yeah. better with them. Yeah, exactly. That was Trevor Moisey, weren't it? When he obviously went, um, you know, self-isolated. We won those two games. And, um, you know, when he wasn't playing, when he wasn't the manager and, uh, well, the manager at the ground. But, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's great to see. And as you said, if you t- told us at the beginning of August that we'd be seventh by Chris or by December-ish, would have taken you out i think oh yeah we're eighth now are we seventh forever no 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 um it doesn't matter in the top 10 we'd have yeah. taken we've taken you bitten your hand off for that so um, yeah. considering our run so yeah it's all good man it's all good and yeah long may it continue i hope that we uh we've got i hope the bounce comes i hope we have a bounce on friday yeah. um because that will really, really ruin my Friday night if we lose. Because yeah, tough game though, Leeds. They're a good team. It is, it is. But also, you've got the added parameter of the first thing you need to do is check what tier they're in. Because, you know, <laughs> Ellen Road with 2,000 fans is a tougher game than Ellen Road with no th- no fans, I think. Yeah, sure. Because of the, the tightness of the. And also, you've got to think some of the bigger, smaller grounds at the moment, then they're, they're not in the able to have i'm thinking like burnley's and people like that who aren't allowed to have fans just yet but 2000 fans in turf mall will make much a bigger difference than 2000 fans in old trafford for example Uh, and i think that's why you look at the league table and everyone down there is in a tight ground so to speak um you've got burnley got west brom you got fulham you got sheffield united 
Um, those bottom four are all in very, very tight grounds. And I think Sheffield United, yeah. case in point, they were they were flying high last season before. Yeah, Kobe. I know. It's amazing. They're down there. Yeah. Couldn't have happened to a nicer club, though. <laughs> it's so messed up. He's still this all like he's still eight these clubs or something that happened. It's like when uh when Neil Warnock came back, you know, for, with Cardiff and we were all chanted there's only one Carlos Tevez. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh brilliant. Oh, I love West Ham fans for that, but it's all good. Um, but yes, yeah, so long may it continue, Ian. Long may it continue. But uh and how's everything with Hammers Poles all going well? Hammers Poles is good, yeah. We've got um well, tonight's the night. We've got the Football Content Awards, so we're up for Best in Social tonight. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll do well there. Up against XWM employee, unfortunately, but there we go. <laughs> 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 so that'll be a second then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, have you dusted off your, your tuxedo? Well, yeah, you know, I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> virtual this tuxedo be, yeah this will be going out to the next day so you probably either in victory or you're in defeat oh, okay. yeah. but yeah it's all good it's all good um no it's good to see and yeah i mean it's 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 great i love the hammers poles it's um oh, it's really it's really really it's a different way of doing stuff isn't it really i think um yeah it's um yeah i mean we, i had a, my own channel itself like my own account but it wasn't really doing much so I wanted to kind of a, a shoe in to channel my interest and my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just about the same sort of time when the polls sort of started out on Twitter. So I was like, okay, well, let's marry the two together. And uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of took off. Yeah, it's good, man. It's all good. Yeah, and it's good fun. It's good fun. Um, So he says the first question, not nine minutes in. I'm getting better at these things now. I'm going to get much better. Um, Why West Ham, And Why is it your club? Why are you a hammer? That's the question okay. I Okay, so probably not the most conventional routine. Uh, parents weren't very sporty. It wasn't football mad at all. So it was more of a, a school friend's uh, best, my best mate at school at the time. Um, he was a big West Ham fan. Yeah. And uh, in fact, my first football match was actually a, a QPR game. Uh, I went to his, his dad at the time was a big QPR fan. Uh, and we took us both to a... QPR versus El Ali of Egypt. <laughs> Maddest game I've been to. Like they all turn up with all these drums and you know horns. Like wow, this is amazing. I really want to go there. Obviously, like I say, my mate was the best. Uh, was a West Ham fan, so I kind of just followed him. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, his his dad took him to West Ham QPR games all the time. So yeah, my first West Ham game was a West Ham versus QPR at Upton Park. Um, and from there on, okay, the rest is history, as they say. I was I was hooked, hooked lines yeah. ago. It's true, isn't it? And it and it doesn't matter. And that's why I love this show because this whole channel because everyone has a everyone's story. May you know, everyone it's all personal in terms of how they got their journey to the the club. But once they're in the club, they they don't leave. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, exactly. it's like a little cult. But it's true. It's like everyone's. I mean, my 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 journey mm. was was very very laid out for me i didn't really have a choice um for some people as you said like your mate was a west ham fan so you became a west ham fan some people literally switched on the telly in 1980 fa cup final and west ham arsenal playing and they go i like uh that one yeah (laughs) a split decision decision um you know has haunted them for the last 40 years you know but uh, so i I mean i've been from east london myself it was obviously an obvious choice but i mean could have gone 
two ways. I could have gone Leighton Orient or even uh, where I lived, actually Dagenham and Redbridge played at the bottom of my roads. Um, they were at the time Walthamstow Avenue. Yeah. Uh, obviously then moved. So I was following them for a bit, but then like I say, kind of went with a bigger team and I thought, yeah, West Ham's yeah. a team for me. <laughs> Indeed. And then once, obviously once you're in, you're in, aren't you really? It's like there's no, it's like one of those things where you blink and you open your eyes and it's like 35 years later and you go, how did that happen? When yeah, did that, yeah. when did I, how am I still here? Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I ask the same question all the time. Uh, why am I still here? But obviously with all the, um, you know, doing stuff, the hammers poles and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you obviously interact a lot with, with fans, um, a lot with obviously the YouTubers and stuff like yeah. that. And it's just, and I, and I'm, 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 I'm a, yeah, I'm a pup, really, in relative terms to other people. Um, I've only been doing it for six or seven months, but um, but you've grown uh, so quickly as well. That's really good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I, 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 a lot of people have helped me out in the way, uh, you know, and and, and again, that, that, that's what I was going to come to. It's like you know, in terms of the West Ham family, really, and so you know, you by interacting with a lot of fans yourself, you know, you you really know about the fact you know it is really a family yeah. club the community it's not really about the football yeah. um i think I mean, Pard's I, got it right when he said yeah i was gonna say it's about the family yeah so um obviously we had had the account going for a little while yeah uh, and then sort of green street hammers kind of picked it up uh, yeah. and they were doing their sort of radio blogs and uh, they were talking about my polls i was like oh wow this is fantastic uh, and then from there on, American Hammers picked us up as well. So, yeah, yeah. like I say, it's all a, the community kind of coming together. And it once is. that was on board, it then, yeah. You're totally right. I think, you know, I know we, we laughing pards did it at the time, but, you know, we are more than just a football club. Um, and that's, that's really, and I think that's epitomised by since we've been in lockdown, really, because um everyone sort of pulls together and, you know, you see the interactions on Twitter and, and, and Facebook and stuff like that. And, I mean, the other day with the with the, the lady and a and a flag. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's a little you know, a little thing that means a lot to her. Bless her, yeah. she put like a reward up, didn't she? Yeah, uh, being found by the security team and you oh, know, they found it, they? Yeah. yeah, they found it. Yeah, it was on oh, the things last night. The the secu- um, West uh, West Ham security found it and uh, are returning it to her now and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like little things, but. I don't see Chelsea fans doing that or, or, or Leeds fans or Arsenal fans. They're too busy tearing lumps out of each other. Yeah, um, oh, it's just like, and it's stuff like warms your heart, warms the cockles of your heart. And now being part of it, I can really appreciate, I think I was really naive to West Ham's fan base before I joined, did, did this thing. This is American hammers. I mean, those guys are bloody nutters, you know, um, We've had I don't know, the Indian hammers, the Singapore hammers, you know, Hong Kong, you know, all over the place. Um, and just absolutely crazy. And the American ones even more. They're just mental. It's just absolutely mental. Like the Fresno Irons particularly. I always talk about them because they are just like crazy. You know, they go to away pubs for the away fixture. So yeah. if it was like a Chelsea away, they'll go to the Chelsea pub in Fresno. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. But as as West Ham clips say, you know, clip says we are we are effing massive, really. Yeah. In terms yeah. Of fan base, and you know it more anyone. Yeah, I mean wherever you wherever I went as a kid, I mean I was always wearing my kit, and you know, whenever I was on holiday, everyone said, "Yeah, come on, you hammers," and like, oh, yeah. It's wherever true. you go, there's a West Ham fan. It's true. It's true. My my wife hates it because I literally like 
if there is, a, I think I've got, I'm like a sniffer dog, I think, for, for West Ham fans. It's like, if I can smell a West Ham fan from 20 yards, you know, around a pool on holiday or whatever, when we used to have holidays, that was a nice time. That yeah. Was. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd sniff them out. And obviously my suitcase would be full of old shirts and stuff. That's what I did. So, um, yeah, no, it's funny. It's like the other day I went to go and get my car. Well, it wasn't the other day. It was a few months ago. But went to get it MOT'd and like, literally around the corner. And the mechanic was a West Ham fan. And we were chatting about West Ham for about 40 minutes before he gave him my keys. And I literally drove back to my house around literally a five-minute drive. Got out of the car. This old boy across the road didn't even break pace. Didn't even break a stride walking past me i opened the door you must have clocked the shirt and he just shouted out still outside no one have we and like didn't, <laughs> even, didn't even turn around and acknowledge me but just shouted it and that's all you need to say we've yeah. been social distancing for years west ham fans um yeah oh, it's, oh, yep yep that's it done um, yeah and i can't wait for everyone to get back because that's the thing oh, I think, yeah, oh, amazing, oh, it? oh it'd be it'll be really really special when everyone's back and that yeah. and they're putting bubbles for the first time Especially yeah. if we're still top 10 as well, that would be amazing. Hey, here we go, yes. Hopefully. Uh, and, and who knows? It may well be before the end of the season. Who knows if the the vaccine, you know, does its thing and, you know, everyone well, behaves. Well, talking about 10,000 coming back like sooner as well. I saw, yeah, I read something about that. I was like, let's, let's, let's walk before we can leap a little bit. But... Um, yeah. It's like, especially when some places haven't got any fans and some fans are already planning. I mean, you know, you know, whatever people say about the new London stadium, it is perfectly set up for these types of situations. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, you know, well, it's, and, and they've done fantastic in terms of when I've been talking to other journalists, talking to journalists, I'm not journalists, but talking to journalists there um, who are covering the game, they have some nightmares getting into other grounds, other Premier League grounds in terms of the COVID procedures. Um, yeah. They're really good. London State were really good. Um, How did it look as they were all spaced out? Were they? Were they I, mean, I, I, mean, I, think, I think they looked really good. So obviously, they had the majority in the in a, a Billy Bonds lower. And and then they had sort of the corporate guys um, in the corporate seats, and I, I can't really see them. But the uh, the, the Billy Bonds ones look really, and, and I think I think we, Ken Hammers uh, said to me that um, they seemed a lot more evenly spaced out than other grounds. Um, and that's the thing; we could never have done that at Upton Park. Yeah, no, definitely never. How the tightness of the grounds, the um just like getting in and out i mean the fact is that they're all over there they you don't have to go anywhere near that bridge yeah. all the sort of the journalists and stuff because we're all on different tiering systems based on like um access to the the pitch and stuff so it's like you have red amber and green and so i'm amber so I, i'm not pitch side so i'm amber so like my floor manager she's she's red so she's she has to have like the, the tests every couple of that i don't know how, how often same as the premier the footballers themselves whereas obviously the fans i imagine they're amber as well because they had to fill out a, a covid sort of questionnaire and do the old temperature check and that's what i have to do so okay. it's all good it's as i said it's and i can see how easy they could wrap that up easily yeah. they could wrap that up um particularly at the moment because obviously at the moment they got the top tier the billy bonds is all set up for rainbow laces um that's only that's this week and next week so um, everyone has a home and away fixture, which I never knew until I spoke to Jim the other day from Pride of Irons. Um, he mentioned that. And so, you know, that, that could be taken away and you could almost have the top tiers as well, you know. And, mm -hmm. yeah, 
we'll see, man. We'll see. But yeah, uh, yeah as long as, as long as the boys doing it right, I don't think anyone cares how many fans. Yeah, are no, exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to watch them virtually if we continue the good run. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what that's what's great, and it's true. It's funny, isn't it? And when you're watching the games, vert, you know, on on telly, um, do you watch it with the crowd noise on or off? I just watch it standard. Yeah, crowd yeah. noise on. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of become a bit like white noise, isn't it now? Yeah, 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 it's a bit jarring to start with, and um, and now it's. I always listen to it with the crowd noise off, just because I love listening to <laughs> like Kevin Nolan and all them just shouting like literally for ninety minutes. Very intimidating bench we have. A very intimidating. Imagine, yeah, Nolan on there. <laughs> oh yeah, even Moyes. Moyes and yeah, he's got like a an Alan Irvine. They've got and Stuart Pearce and and, and old uh, Dave Billows, the sports psychologist guy. There, um, they're all just like real like big brash people and they just intimidate I, I, I if i was playing for west ham and these guys are shouting at me i and i know that they can they know i can hear them i would be like okay yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do it you know you don't want to go at half time and and not be performing because they'll be rip, ripping shreds out of you well absolutely yeah it kind of you know gives you confidence they've got a bit of passion about it as well and you know, i was totally. talking to a man united fan yesterday and he said if only Solskjaer would have done that, it's good to see a bit of passion from your manager rather than just sitting there monitoring what you're doing and then yeah. talk to you. I'm always a fan of tracksuit managers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Play yeah. managers who wear a tracksuit rather than managers who wear... Like, that's the with Pellegrini, I thought, with me. One of the reasons was he was always... <laughs> one of the reasons was because he wore a suit. But no, he's it's that, that, that sort of precipitates a type of manager you are you know yeah. whereas i think moisey you know the fact is he's there he he watches and i'm a i'm a real advocate for managers watching the players warming up and he does that and the only yeah. other guy i've seen do that is klopp so klopp will literally stand on the on the halfway line watch the opposition train he always does it at west ham yeah. and so obviously he can see who's got if anyone's got a limp or anything like that, you know, that's what he must be doing. But Moisey does it as well. You know, Moisey's there, he's looking at the opposition as well as the team. And I love managers to do that because that's part of the job. That's part of your job, making sure your team are warmed up. Um, and so, yeah, he just because he looks like he's just ready for action. Do you know what I mean? He looks like, and that's why it looks like he'd literally just like give him the ball and have a go. I think yeah. it's that Villa game, I think Kevin Nolan wanted to put his boots on and have a go. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Nolan could almost be a you know fifth substitute. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you imagine he'd love it, wouldn't he? He'd absolutely love it. But then he'd probably get a yellow card so he couldn't do it over Christmas. So <laughs> yeah. That's why I thought he was trying to do at the Villa game, get himself banned for three games, and then he'd, <laughs> <laughs> then he'd have Christmas off. <laughs> like Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Andy Carroll learned from Kevin, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, oh, bless him. Oh, but, it's all, I, I, but it's that sort of that. I just think it's it's uh, I don't think I think it's starting to get more credit I think now Moisey in terms of the the background the backroom staff he's brought in because they make a huge difference a huge difference and I think yeah. it's an area which we never really properly looked at I think you know it's always about the manager but actually the manager is is the, the spearhead and it's the rest of the team around him and he has yeah. got himself a proper little unit there yeah. um yeah they are I mean when you look at previous regimes previous manager regimes the backroom staff i don't think people could really apart from maybe julian uh S steve clark when he was yeah. zoners it's not like people they know but now he's like you know he's the backroom staff yeah exactly um, i mean certainly like under village i mean you or and uh pellegrini i mean you couldn't even pronounce half the names that were there no, no you yeah, uh, didn't know who they were and they're they no, just or nameless faceless people weren't they yeah. 
Oh, he's a master stroke bringing in Nolan and, St- and, and Stuart Pierce. Absolutely master strokes. Yeah, definitely. And it's just they understand the club as well. And I think that's the important thing, isn't it? It'll be giving yeah. people there who you know want to do well for the club as well. Yeah. Um, get everyone singing off the same song sheet. Yeah, totally. Absolutely, totally. And I just think there's there's a real and what I like about it is the club are doing like releasing loads of like videos of them doing training and there's a lot more training videos and behind the scenes videos and obviously yeah. a lot of that's precipitated by winning uh, and putting out you know yeah, we've exactly. won, we've won out, but still it shows us a real togetherness with the squad yeah. uh, and i think everyone's picked up on that now and it's, yeah. it's lovely to see lovely and to likewise see. on twitter as well you know I mean, yeah. that can be a, such a minefield but you know everyone like you say everyone seems to be pulling together and supporting everyone really yeah, much negativity. I mean, you know, might get the odd, the odd one or two, but yeah, everyone's positive at the moment. Yeah, Long they are. yeah, 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 they are exactly. And it's just, as you said, like you know, it just seems that you know, we've got a team at the moment who, you know, I mean, that's the one thing West Ham fans want, they just want a team who are going to put their art and soul into the game. And yeah. to be honest, to a man, pretty much they they look like they're doing that, and yeah. That's all we ask, isn't it? It's not your fault if you're it's not your fault if you've been picked to play and you're not technically good enough. You yeah. know, but as long as you have a go, I mean, you know, that's why we love people like Colton Cole and Ian Dowie and people like that. Yeah. They had a go. You know, they weren't technically yeah. the best players, they weren't war beaters, but they had a go. They, they played for the play for the shirt. Yeah, that's all we ask, isn't it? It's not a hard job. It ain't a hard job being a West Ham player, I don't think. You just have to put it in, put it, put a shift in every game, and run about, and you know, and, and occasionally you get those players who have, you know, that uh, that work uh, ethic, and then have some skill as well, and those are the ones you need to cherish, yeah, um, because yeah, they don't come around very often. Um, speaking of that, in a nice segue, um, let's talk about the the old Hammers eleven. So, obviously, Ian, we've had seven. We've had on the channel bar three people have given us an 11. So the, the the whole idea is you can pick them based on whatever criteria you want to pick them on, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Um, and so, obviously, if we didn't put that in, then everyone would probably pick the same 11 pretty much, I think. Um, and actually, it's quite interesting because when this comes out, the day before, um, I, I did an update video um, where I took, we were almost at 250 um, interviews. So I sort of said, okay, right, which players are the most picked you know and if we were doing an 11 of the most picked players and there's a yeah. few surprises in there there's a few surprises in there. um because obviously the different generations we've interviewed and stuff like that so yeah. very interesting so um that's what we'll do with you ian so okay let's start off in and you can pick whoever you want does that be the best players and yeah, it's your 11 man it's your 11 we've had i mean green street hammers we had henry on here and he picked the london stadium calamity 11 for example <laughs> so as you can imagine with henry um right so who's going to be in goal for this team then and that's the question we'll ask you. okay so i mean my 11 is based on you know people that i've watched growing up uh and obviously players that I've enjoyed watching as well. So that's sure. kind of my criteria. So goalkeeper for me, I would imagine pretty standard for most people, Ludo McCloskey, um, top Czech goalkeeper. Yes. Filled yeah. that goal, saved us on numerous occasions. and was... Usually gets Man United. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, that infamous game that he uh, stopped him from winning the title. 
Yeah, and didn't uh, there was a, I heard a rumor that someone mentioned it that that then Fergie was look when they were when Schmeichel had left, they were looked at Ludo as a potential replacement at the yeah. time for about five minutes. Um, <laughs> in that probably that if we if we get if we get him then if we get to this situation again he ain't going to cost us the title again I'd imagine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, top top bloke, lovely guy. Um, we're actually doing one of our uh, appreciation nights on Thursday. Um, of, on Ludo, so that'd be oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we go through his career and show some highlights, and then we have a bit of a panel discussion about him. That's, yeah, I love Ludo, lovely bloke as well, lovely guy. Right, okay, so Mister McCloss, go in. Uh, who is who's next? Can you go for the team as you've got them written down here? Okay, so uh, yeah, growing up, I was always a sort of a defender myself. So I'm going right back, uh, Tim Breaker. Timmy uh, Breaker. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, kind of modelled myself on, on him when I was playing. <laughs> Timmy Breaker. Uh, he's one of those players that everyone spells his name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who, who told me how to spell his name properly. It's going to really annoy me. Someone did, and uh, so I'll make a point. I'm always making, making sure it's always spelled properly. No, and he was, he was solid, wasn't he? And he was one of those players. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I appreciated at the time. Um, he was just the name of the team sheet, really, when I was young. Um, but watching always- back. Oh, yeah, he always kind of made the runs down, down the yeah. wing as well. He was always supporting the attack wherever he could. So, uh, Definitely. yeah, that's kind of how I played. Yeah, but also he was like, he was just solid, absolutely solid. Um, and watching a lot of the, the Robert Banks, um, when he's, bless him, he's putting up the, the, the end of season reviews and they get taken down, he puts them back up again. Um, Tim was just like, yeah, he was like a real sort of modern day right back really yeah marauders forward got forward quite a lot a couple of goals yeah. chances um a top guy and and we've got um we've got a i do these sort of silly game shows we won't mention won't mention hammer shots here but don't worry um, <laughs> <laughs> my game shows um we do we had one we do we've got a couple coming up with ex players which i thought was a bit different and tim's and we've got tim on one of them and he's huh? brilliant oh yeah so funny he's he's we all sort of dry sense of humor he has he's a lovely guy um and they all are lovely in that area but um yeah. Yeah, he's just a, a top top guy i didn't appreciate i told him that actually when i interviewed him i never appreciated you <laughs> as a kid <laughs> oh thanks <bro. laughs> after i had to take that it's like yeah it's the name of the team sheet and i was like shut up Russ. shut up, shut up. Yeah. Right. No, i had his number on my back all the time like when i played football so yeah that's kind yeah. of why i put him in there Good shout. Right, Timmy's in. Who's next, then, man? Uh, let's go. Uh, Julian Dix, the left back. Mm. I imagine pretty standard Dix. for most people. Yeah, Julian. Yeah, top bloke. And again, I mean, he's like, he was one of those people. I think you know, he he does appear a lot in 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 play in teams elevens, um, fans elevens. Of of course, he does because he was like he like transcended a few generations, didn't he? With like two different spells. Yeah, exactly. Time. Um, and it's funny, there's certain players who do transcend, you know, whether you're talking to someone who, like me, I probably saw him, you know, I was, I was, I started going, I was like 92, 93, people saw him before, people saw him afterwards. And he's like, he was, again, as a player, left back wasn't particularly glamorous, but he could just run a game from left back, couldn't he, really? Yeah. Crowd yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. I mean, he kind of epitomised kind of West Ham. I remember one game particularly. He um, was at Liverpool in probably the Littlewoods Cup. It might have been at the time. We were playing Liverpool, 4-1, 
Tony Gale scored a free kick. And I think just before the free kick, Julian Dixon kind of got his head cut open or he got a kick in the head. And that's how Tony Gale got the free kick. And yeah. I thought, yeah, man, he can just run through walls, that white guy. He's just like, yeah, yeah top man. He was brilliant, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tony Gale did mention that. He scored a free kick several times. <laughs> 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 I remember that game. It always sticks in my head. So one that one of those two reasons: Tony Gale's free kick and Julian Dix getting his head cut open. Yeah. Well, it was like you know, if 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 the game was a bit getting a bit dull, it was almost like Julian took it upon himself to get it going again, didn't he? So it was a, a you know kicking John Spence in the head, or it was you know doing a thirty yard ping, or he just seemed to know when to. He was like a conductor. Of the, yeah. of the crowd in the game, you know, and literally one tackle, one really bad tackle would get everyone up on their feet again, would get the players up, and it would just galvanize us all. Um, yeah, totally. Incredible ability as a player as well. Um, all right, Julian's in. Who is next then? Okay, so, um, Rio Ferdinand, centre back. Yeah, mm-hmm. classy defender. Kind of, he was the Rolls Royce, wasn't he, at, at the back, and uh, sort of. Play the ball out from the back as as you'd expect a, a classy centre half to. Yeah, he was absolutely exceptional, wasn't he? Exceptional yeah. player, and he was just like. And I think with Rio, I think, I mean, I see Rio like in two stages. That Rio, when he was playing for West Ham, and probably up to Leeds, I'd say as well, was the sort of bringing it out from the back, marauding. You know, then obviously he went to United, and Fergie turned him to a into an old school defender, really, and he, he lost a little bit of that, I think, which was yeah. a shame. Obviously, went on. Who can we say went on for an incredible career? But you know, it would have been nice thinking about it retrospectively if he kept did more of that. You know, like like Braza used to, and and Bobby Moore used to as well. You know, just like. Yeah. Um, well, he was class. He, he was labelled as the new Bobby Moore, wasn't he? When he when he yeah. first arrived on the scene, it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's class. Such, a, such an accolade and such a, you know, such a label to have as well. And we we've had Anton on the channel and stuff, and maybe Rio one day. But um, yeah, it's just a, just a class a class act. And it's yeah. like that crop of players. I always see Rio still as a West Ham boy. Um, yeah. All the others, I don't. Maybe Joe. But definitely Rio, I see still as a West Ham boy. Um, yeah, I mean he left, you know, not under a, you know, any sort of. Crowd, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, he he left because he was classy, and uh, yeah, we all kind of like, yeah, he done well for us. Off you go. That's fine. Yeah. We're happy with him. It's a bit like Declan Rice esque, isn't it? Really, like Absolutely. in the summer, like lit, not pushing him out the door, but like, oh, if he wants to go, good luck to him, and hopefully he'll do well. Yeah. Deserves it to go to Chelsea or da, da, da. Um, it's funny isn't it with some players, it's like it, it, it's the way they they put themselves well, in. Isn't it? So, yeah. um, I mean, Deck never came and never said he wanted to leave or anything like that, but we were no. literally picking him out the door, you know, it's like off you go, mate. Oh, good luck, yeah. good luck to you, but uh, thankfully, yeah. nothing. Um, right, it was okay. just a shame that we got uh, Rigobert's song with the Ferdinand money. That was all <laughs> Rigobert's song and Titi Kamara, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. I think we played, I think it was Leicester away was the first game they played because I remember going to that thinking, oh my God, what we got here. Um, yeah, Rick and song. Thankfully, his cousin was a lot better, Alex, but um, yes, <laughs> he was a class player, Alex. Yeah, was, yeah, was right. Okay, Mr. Ferdinand, uh, uh, one more different. Are we playing four at the back, I'd imagine? Yeah, four at the back, four at the back. So, yeah, to compliment sort of uh, Rio, let's go for the tough tackling, James Collins. Oh, that's a nice duo. Yeah. Ginger, yeah, yeah, sort of compliments. Yes. 
Very much so, yeah, very much so. And it just, yeah, it's nice to see him on the what's name on the live stream the other day. Um, at the ground with, with Chris and uh, and Jack and Colton at the live live from London Stadium, but uh, yeah, he still loves the club, doesn't he? Stares, his, yeah. it's just it's shame we can't have a testimonial. Let's let's get that. It is a shame, it's a shame. It'd be nice. It, I mean, when everyone's back, it'd be nice for him to, you know, it's it's an open goal, really, isn't it, to get him on the pitch at half time yeah. or pre match, saying goodbye properly with the scarf yeah. over him. That's what he wants to do. Um, yeah. Or just be an ambassador for the club, and yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, want to get into more, whatever. Exactly. I mean, they, they, they. I mean, you know, even with, I know mean, he's got the old soccer, his soccer school and stuff, and you know, nowadays every, I think every uh, academy level, age level has a West Ham ex-professional in their setup. So, you know, with like people like Zavon and 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 Colin yeah. and Potsy and Kino and. And Kincheski's around there as well, and you know it's it's great to see. So yeah, you'd imagine there he there's a place for him somewhere at the club. Yeah, you would have thought so. So yeah, that's all good. Right, okie dokie. Uh, James Collins is in. Let's move into midfield then. Okay, let's go centre midfield. Um, similarly, I've got a, a flair player and kind of a tough tackler in midfield. So we've gone for uh, Ian Bishop. To start oh, Bishop. Bish. Yeah, big fan. Brilliant, brilliant player. Just uh, yeah, again, class. You know, you could hit yeah. a shot, you could ping a ball. Uh, yeah, he was the he was the playmaker in the day. Brilliant, weren't he? Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He was well above his time. Well, you know, they you know, he was he should have, you know, he would have slotted into the Premier League now, wouldn't he? Really, in terms easily, of easily, yeah, yeah. And he's just brilliant. And again, he's one of those players. He's very similar to to um, to Collins in that he still loves the club and. You know, he, he did a thing on um on Irons United with, with McAvenny the other day with Stell and uh with Stel and Anton, which was brilliant. And you know, Bishy's a lovely guy and still loves the club and interacts on Twitter really nicely with people. Yeah, uh, yeah he great. did a question for us as well. That was really good for on oh, yeah, actually did a question for us. So yeah, I much appreciated that. I was like well yeah. done, bitch. <laughs> no, yeah, he's a lovely, he's such a nice bloke, as you said. He's and I like his five pints in podcasts with him and his sons, are quite it's quite funny as well. So, that no, is good. Top man, top, top yeah. man, Bishop. He once, um, he once did, um, do you remember when they used to do like prank shows where they used to get people like turn up at people's schools and they'd have like hidden camera shows and things like, yeah. like booms about and stuff like that? Yeah. He did one at my school with my brother, um. And it had it starred Dave Benson Phillips. Remember Dave Benson Phillips? <laughs> it was it was at high school, and and uh, I don't know how Tom got, how he got invited. My brother did it, I think, because he used to do some stuff through an agency, and so they needed someone. And uh, and yeah, turned up to the second. It was in an art class, and Dave Benson Phillips like bowls in, going, "Hey, where's Tom Budden?" Oh, yeah. he's like, "Oh." Tom, I heard you're a big West Ham fan. Do you know who this guy is? And it was Ian Bishop. Oh, it's Ian Bishop. Oh, and then we went onto the onto the onto the, onto the sort of the what was it like a playground thing, like a concrete thing we used to have there. And they were doing like tricks and like you know doing like little drills. It was really funny, and it was such. And we spoke about it on the on our when I interviewed him. And he he thought it was hilarious because he, he didn't he remembers it completely. And oh, really? uh, okay. yeah, cause he was like, oh, I didn't know what to do. I, it was like my first proper TV stuff. It was like I didn't know what to do. It was like really weird, but. Uh, it's very, 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 very sweet, sweet man. Right, okay. Bish Bosch is in. Uh, who's next, man? Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, again, growing up, Martin Allen was always a fan favorite of mine. 
And uh, yeah, I just thought he was he was good on the pitch. Made me laugh as well with his celebrations. And uh, yeah, he scored some great goals as well. Yeah, let me just put him in. Uh, where is the mad dog? I've got to find him. No, he's a top right, top right. And funny enough, the, the, when I do the game show with Tim Breaker, Martin right, Allen's one of the other contestants as well. And so, yeah, um, he's brilliant. Isn't he? he was just, yeah. it was that period, wasn't it? Um, like Bish, like Martin Allen, like Monks. You had all these, all these real personalities, which yeah. were, which are still as big personalities as they were then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Martin Allen still plays the mad dog. You know, when we interviewed him, he see, I didn't realize, but he was eating a dog biscuit all the way through the video, all the way through. And it's only at the end I realized it, you know, <laughs> and he's just not he, like when we had the, when we did the, uh, when we did the game show. Uh, he phoned me up about an hour before. Yeah. I run. Hey, dude. I said, yeah. So I talked to him for what we do. And he went, can I be silly in this? And I said, yes. And afterwards I thought, like after recorded it, why the f did I say yes? You could be silly because he was just a night absolute nightmare for the whole like, typical night. And I remember um, we had him on the pitch once um, at the old ground, and um, Jeremy had interviewed him, and I think he'd enjoyed the older uh, corporate hospitality a bit too much, like in the first half. And I remember because Thomas Hitzelsberger, he was a good player, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he scored one of his like one of his bombs you know to put it. yeah exactly his hammer shot the hammer um into the top corner and jeremy asked martin at half time he's like what did you think about thomas's um first half performance he went yeah it's weird isn't it because the last time a german came to east london he bombed the place <laughs> <laughs> so from then on we haven't interviewed martin Allen on the pitch ever since <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, and funny story. He's he's um uh his carpool buddy when he was at West Ham was Kevin Keane. Could you remember them two? Oh. Imagine them two, like real poles apart. Yeah, the M twenty five every day. Um <laughs> Kev didn't realise didn't know how he could how he did that for god knows how many years as well. But yeah, um top top guy. Yeah. Matt. Right. Okay. Mad Dog is in. Who's next, man? Okay. Good segue there. Because, uh, yeah, Kevin Keane is my next player. <laughs> that happens so often. It's really, I apologize. But if I can, you know, there he is. Good yeah, I mean, there's so many wingers that I could have chosen. But as I say, growing up, Kevin Keane, yeah, I, I thought he was a really good player on the wing there. Yeah, no, he's yeah, and he's he was just like one of those. Um, he he was so integral to that that sort of team, wasn't he? He was just yeah, he was kind so, of an unsung player yeah. as well, wasn't he? He didn't really get a lot of credit, but I thought he did really well for us. Yeah, he did. He played he played hundreds of games for us as well. Um, and he was in one of the, and he's in one of the kind of the quiz nights as well. He wasn't in the one with Alan, Martin Allen, but he was in the other quiz night. And uh, yeah, he's he's quite a clever lad. Quite a clever lad, old Kevin Keane. As you could imagine, um, and yeah, oh, it's good great. to see him come back to the club as well. And uh, oh, you know, not only the coach, but you saw him managed a little, uh, yeah. For oh, dinner as well, so. Yeah, I think we went through it. We, uh, he's been, he, I think, he's been in every position in the coaching staff at West Ham, yeah. We went through literally, apart from kit man, I think he's done everything else, you know, he's done every sort of age group or pretty much most age groups. He's done obviously assistant managers, he was first team coach, and he was obviously caretaker manager for a few games as well, yeah, so. exactly. Fair play, and uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't I'm, really get the credit for what he's done, no, for the he and he's, he's bloody good at his job because he wouldn't have gone to Liverpool, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and so he's he's bloody good at his job, and you know he by his own admission he's saying yeah this new crop of under he's under 18s isn't he, coach? You had this new yeah. crop. There's some really good players in there. There's some really good, and I think we've seen a few of them come through with this. Sort of, when we played Hull, when we played Charlton, we had like people like Ashby and people like that, and Alessi. You know, we had there does seem to be some some good academy players. Yeah. You know gonna progress to the next level in the next couple of years and and by the sounds of it there's another load underneath them so yeah, well, hopefully more can bring them through then and uh, yeah exactly yeah. exactly and have uh and probably probably mark noble will be on the on the coaching staff by then so no, you know, they are he's there aren't he? he's going to do some coaching isn't he? yeah that's what kev said yeah i asked him that question directly and he went yeah well he's been he's bloody good at coaching because obviously the kids look up to him don't they because yeah, to them exactly. he's been yeah. at west ham if they're 10 years old or even 15 years old he's been there all the time since they've been alive you know it's weird for some people like declan rice as well i mean declan rice martin was be at the club as long as declan rice you know since he was there at 14 do you know what i mean yeah. it's it's um it's mental to think of it but uh yeah. well, i mean i'm going to go back to james collins as well i mean it's good to kind yeah. of have these kind of ambassadors if you like to kind of for the totally. kids to look up to oh totally because you know and, and just that but also the, the the knowledge and the wealth of understanding in terms of what it means to be a west ham player um you know and Moyes knows it himself i think it was one of the early press conferences this season he said when they're talking about players he's good he wants to bring in and he's like i mean i'm only going to bring in the right players who understand what it is to support west ham, to play for west ham yeah. and you got a sense of that with people like Bowen and Suchek and, and Sue Fowl. You know, these yeah. guys know how to put a shift in and um it's starting to filter back through. Do you remember like as you said, with the with the people like like the Bish era uh, and 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 Mad Dog and Keno, they would you would not ever question them all putting a shift in. No, absolutely. Um, and 100%. so it seemed to be getting back to that time. It'd be nice to see. But obviously the it, times are different, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, Fish was there, I don't know how many years he was there. Mad Dog was there for a long time. You know, Keno was there for a long time. Um, but as long as we get that mentality, I don't think people necessarily mind the fact that modern games moved on. And if you get three or four years out of a play, you've done well. Or a manager yeah. nowadays. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but we'll put Kevin Keane in. Who is next, then, Ian? Okay, so again, uh, yeah, sort of following on from that discussion there, sort of Joe Cole. Came up through the ranks. Yeah, uh, you know, I was, everyone was excited by him. I re- remember reading the papers that he was going to be the next big thing, and, and indeed he he went off. He was and went on to do good things. He was. Yeah, it was one of those. It was just. I mean, I always felt really sorry for him. I think it was probably about the age of twelve or thirteen, wasn't it? People started hearing about this kid. Yeah. Uh, it must have been tremendous pressure on him as a as a, oh, as a, a yeah. lad, you know, and. Obviously, we signed him. On, I remember we signed him on the pitch, didn't we? Uh, when he was yeah. sixteen, I think it was Chelsea as well. We played Chelsea that day as well, which I thought was quite ironic. Um, yeah, because I remember Jeremy sort of bigging it up, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, you'll you'll tell your grandkids when when you remember Joe Cole signing." Like, Bloody hell, this poor kid, you know. But he was that good, really. He was that yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, yeah, it's all about putting labels on people. You know, we said about yeah. Ferdinand early being the the new Bobby Moore yeah. and. Like I say, Joe Cole putting a massive pressure on him early doors. He was like the new We're doing it again with Declan Rice, aren't we? He's kind of doing it right now. Yeah, but I think with Declan Rice, he's he's like, you know, now he's obviously played over 100 games for us, 100 Premier League games for us. I think he's established now, isn't it? So I think oh, it's nice yeah. to, to give him that, that mantle. But with Joe Cole, he was like, you know, barely had 
started the game. I think he was still playing for the, the youth team. And they said, this guy's the next Paul Gascoigne. It's like, bloody hell, you know what I mean? It's like, and Rio, and this guy's coming in as a kid and he's going to be the next Bobby Moore. It's like, oh. And similar to, to, to the way Rio, I mean, you know, obviously Joe Cole, I think was Joe Cole was a, the truest Joe Cole when he was at West Ham. Um, by his own omissions, he's always said he's been a street footballer. And that's how he played when he was at West Ham. He was like yeah. a, a free role. And now you don't get free roles. And at Chelsea, they sort of put him on the left and Lincoln put him on the left and um, never really sort of got to that level, I think, that he could have got to. Um, yeah. And he never really worked out the second stint year as well. I think no, I think it was more like, like yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a book. It was like the, the bookend, wasn't it? It was like a full yeah. stop, a last chapter, which he thought yeah. he... He still thought there was more to, you know, just to say goodbye a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, it still was Joe Cole. You know, he still turned it Again, still played 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Out there and a few, you know, a few of that Man United game particularly in the cup. Um, no, yeah, top top yeah. guy. Lovely yeah. bloke. Um, right, Joey's in. Who is next, then, Ian? Okay, so, yeah, ultimate fan's favourite, Di Canio. Yeah, 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 PDC. Yeah, absolutely. Goal of the season, goal of the century against Wimbledon yeah it was funny we interviewed uh we interviewed him for you and and he takes full credit for that goal <laughs> how's that <laughs> like, what it's like, did you take the pass did you do the pass was, yeah. no and he went on to explain that basically uh paolo was and this was like he's like this is exclusive russ i don't think i ever told anyone this like, okay brilliant um so he Apparently, Paolo, for some reason, started doing this 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 sort of double kick thing in training on like the Friday. No reason for it. He just started doing it, and he he skied quite a few. He got a couple, um, and then everyone was going in, and he made Ian stay out. And some, I think it must have been some youth to, youth team kid, um, literally for about two or three hours, crossing balls, and he was nailing. And until he started nailing them, and. <laughs> Apparently, when he scored the goal at Liver uh, against Wimbledon, he then runs down the touchline after he's done the, like you know, I can't do no more. Yeah. He runs down the touchline, and and says and points to Ian and says, "That's for you. That's for you." I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the footage, but who am I to judge? And it sounds plausible. So, yeah. um, but he was just a magician, wasn't he? An entertainer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maverick, Maverick, wasn't he? He was just yeah, unpredictable, and that's kind of what that was good about him. He was just fun to watch, wasn't he? He was just like, yeah. in the same way that you know, that Bish and that that era, and then the year that was the year before. But obviously, going into the the new era with Di Canio and Sinclair, and yeah. and you know, you know, we had some great players. And but it was just exciting. Football was football was in is an ent- was entertaining then. Do you know, I, I always find it a bit bland now. Um, that sort of lack of characters, um, you know, social media and just the fact that they're now you know professional athletes means they're a bit more sterile that makes yeah. sense yeah um he was definitely a character and that's oh, kind of what you want isn't it, on the pitch you know he's gonna yeah. row with you if you're having a penalty and he wants to take the ball off you yeah exactly <laughs> that's kind of what you want isn't it sometimes oh, yeah, gonna, you, do. And it's like you, you want to go into a game thinking what paladin canyon is going to turn up yeah. you know is it going to be 
the amazing player? Is it going to be the petulant child? Is it going to be a combination? And you hope there'll be a combination of both because yeah. then you get entertainment on and off the pitch. And that's when it was really exciting. Yeah. It was a really exciting time to be a West Ham fan. That was um, entertainment perspective. Cause that's what it should be. We should be, I mean, even now we should be entertained. You know, now we need entertainment more than anything at the moment. And 100%. imagine them not playing. Oh, yeah. uh, you probably still could as well. <laughs> Oh, he probably still. If even if he couldn't, he'd probably still want to play. Yeah, that's how much he um, he loved the game. We're playing at the uh, you know the Mark Noble testimonial. It's great to see him on the pitch. Then that was just a, yeah. a great thing. And the, I remember the Tony Carr one as well because he played ended up playing on both teams. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. Tony Tony got him. I remember we interviewed him and he talked about Paolo and he said, "Yeah, I got him to do the first half, and then I came, I went for a cup of tea, came back, and he was he changed shirts. He went to play the second half for the other team. It was like, all right, <laughs> you know, absolutely." <laughs> Brilliant, man. Um, right, okay, so PDC is in. And who's he going to partner, that last piece of the pie? Yeah, so uh, growing up, this was my, my first uh, player that I kind of got. A, there was a poster on our school wall. Where, um, he, had a soccer, he had a soccer school. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to have that. When, when, that when, they, when they don't do that poster anymore, I'm having it. It was uh, the Tony Cotty soccer school. Yeah. Like, Tony Cotty. He, I was kind of, yeah, he was my striker that I kind of watched and followed for quite a while. Yeah, top guy. TC yeah. and top guy. He yeah. scored 100, 146 goals, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Got I remember a classic one as well. Um, one of the games I remember it always sticks in my head against Forest. Uh, yeah. It was 3 3, and he did this like amazing bicycle kick at the, the far post. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, uh, what I liked about TC was. And again, as a player, you know, we talk about the, how, how modern, the modern day's finish has changed. Um, Tony Cotty, I don't think, would, would you know, his, his type of, like, fox-in-the-box striker, striker, yeah. you know, striker, you don't get any of them nowadays. I was talking to someone about it the other day, and, like, you look at the top strikers, you look at, like, Vardy, and you look at... Um, Kane. I suppose Defoe was kind of the next one, wasn't he? Yeah, really? exactly. He was yeah. probably the last. Yeah, maybe. And then we had Hernandez. And we always thought he was going to be the, the next really team. It never really worked out. And then since then, there's been no one really in the Premier League. Even someone like Danny Ings, who used to be like that, has sort of developed his game to be more of a forward rather than a striker. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, suppose no, he, was a little bit like that, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a yeah. bit of a box. Yeah, he was. And it, obviously, him and him and, uh, him and Johnny, the, the, the partnership they brought together. But it's like you just don't get that in the modern day now. That sort of, you know, you think every all the big teams now, they haven't got a poacher. They've got, you know, this sort of, you know, sort of, it's a forward rather than a striker now, isn't it? They're yeah. forward. So, you know, with the exception of, well, like I said, probably Defoe is the only one playing now. He's, you could say he was a bit like, he's, yeah. he's Cotty-esque, but he was a great, and again, you know, massive West Ham fan and, you know, to score your debut against Spurs and, Oh, he's just like you know, it's proper Roy the Rovers stuff, wasn't Absolutely, it? Really? Yeah, so yeah, he came up to the ranks, and that's kind of what you want somebody to play for the shirt who knows what it's all about and you know, lives totally. and dies with them. Yeah, he died hard West Ham, and yeah, you get you have to get his, his stats right with Tony because he like lo- he loves his stats, and so like, <laughs> I, like that's why I know it's 146 goals because 
Well, I hope it still is. I thought, yeah, so, yeah, I hope it still is. Um, because when we interviewed him, I said all these stats. He went, oh, I think I had a uh, seventeen claps instead of eight rusts. Apart from that, very good. You know, it was like or something like that. I really well, eight instead of seven. Eight instead of, I did one. It was the England caps. I said it was one hour. I was like, oh come on. And I said I think you were on the bench for one of them, Tony. He's like, no, no, no. Eight, eight England caps. But now he's a top bloke. Um, and it's funny looking through that team. A lot of them are in the um, are in sort of the. The, the collective 11 that i put together sort okay, of yeah. So it's, yeah it just it, it just it, but those people stand out you know those type of people yeah. stand out because they've been around for so long and they made such an impact on people across generation i mean tc as well he had obviously the two spells so you know, people yeah. saw him in the eight you know that famous obviously the famous season boys of 86 but then obviously when he went and came back a lot of people then saw him i saw him play i never saw him play obviously i wasn't there for the 85 86 season all the one before, which not a lot of people talk about. Um, but I was there for the, you know, for his, his comeback, you know, and uh, he, he spoke very candidly about that, actually. And, you know, because obviously the first time he came back, he got booed, didn't he, when he was coming yeah. back? And um, that really, really hurt him. Um, well, he got but, sent off, didn't he, first game? Yeah. <laughs> and so he said that really hurt him. And so he never really contemplated going back until the Tony Carp testimonial. Yeah. And, no, it wasn't. Sorry, it was a Bobby Moore, Bobby Moore match, um, and he got applauded on the pitch because they, they had everyone lined up, I think, and they individual from each club, and he got applauded, and then that started the cogs. And it's in, it's interesting. Yeah, I love all those uh, funny these little stories. But um, uh, Ian, man, it's been it's been lovely. It's been lovely. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your time. We finally right. got it. Finally got, got yes, it in the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Very good, man. So I appreciate your your time, and uh, obviously everyone, you know follow hammers polls you know you're, you're probably already doing it but make sure you do always some good questions on there and and uh and yeah and uh i might put a question. Show me a question yeah i will put a question up there but i know i'm going to lose to sean weaston so but as long as i beat adam franco that's all i care about but anyway yeah. um, <laughs> until next time for me and Ian, uh thanks for watching everyone if it's youtube spotify whatever give it a like give it a share and for me and ian take care everyone stay safe wash those hands cover your irons and we'll right. see you again very very soon Take care, Rob. Sports Social Podcast Network.